Welcome to episode 37 of the Green and Healthy Places podcast, in which we discuss well-being and sustainability in real estate and interiors. I'm your host, Matt Morley, founder of Biophilico Healthy Buildings and Biofit Wellness Concepts. This week, I'm talking to Johannes Schmidt of the Institute of Building Biology and Sustainability in Germany. Johannes manages the building biology course offered by the Institute in English online and is something of an authority on the subject. We discuss how building biology in Germany in some ways predates the healthy building movement in the US. We look at the concept of human-centric design in buildings, how building biology was one step ahead of post-COVID ventilation strategies, as well as the importance of a bedroom that is free from electromagnetic radiation and fields, and also how thinking about our bodies as a tool to be used in nature every day is at the root of the entire building biology value system. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe. Both of our contact details are in the show notes. Now it's time to dive into this wonderful world of building biology. Great to have you here. Please, let's start with the uh, the basics for today. Could you tell us about the history and a bit of the background to the concept of, of building biology in Germany? Of course, yes. Um, the uh, history of the Institute is uh, that it actually was founded by Professor Dr. Anton Schneider. And uh, that was done in the yeah, in 19, yeah, I think, 76, 77. Um, this is when he started with his institute. He was a professor at a technical university here uh, in Rosenheim in Germany. And uh, he um, um, was doing research on uh, different kinds of wood technologies and uh, also wood treatments, preservatives, etc. And um, by um, starting this, he also he found out about the impact of uh, chemical treatments on the health of human beings. And he was wondering whether there are not other technologies or maybe even other craftsmanships that have been done in the past when people were building houses. And um, by doing the research on that, he found out that there are many uh, ways how you can build houses um, in a way where you have um, less exposure to toxic materials. And uh, this is by simply using more natural materials. And there he also he made the connection of the impact of using all the or many industrial building um, products that, that they used in those days and uh, that many new building materials have been invented and used in the building trade. And uh, there he, he started to find another way of building that is more environmental friendly, that is more sustainable, and this, that has uh, less impact on the health of the people who live in the houses. And this was in the 1970s. And uh, in 1977, he started with the Building Biology Correspondence Course where he began to teach his students that were at the university um, about this building biology methods. And uh, in, 1990, uh, in 1979, he also started to publish a magazine that was called Wohnung und Gesundheit, which means um, living and health. And um, yeah, from there on, he uh, introduced building biology 
and the students that that were in his classes they could choose this additional courses for building biology and uh, but then professor schneider he retired early he had some health problems and so he had to retire and then he founded in 1983 um, uh, this institute as a private company so to speak um, and, his, and the institute was no longer a part of the uh, university. And from there on, he continued his work. And um, this was basically, he, this is what he actually did um, till he died in 2015. And, um, but uh, before that, I think um, when his two sons, when they were old enough, they started when they were 20, 21, 22 years old, they also started to work in the Institute. And uh, one of his sons, Winfried Schneider, he's the director of the Institute in these, in the, today. There are some very interesting points there. I mean, I think, you know, one very obvious piece is just how, you know, in a, in a way, uh, this was happening before, or perhaps at least in parallel with what was going on in the USA. But I mean, you know, when we think about, you know, the green building movement in the US, it it feels like, in a sense, what was happening with with building biology in Germany was almost like predating that. It was happening before. How do you, from a historical perspective, do you see what happened in Germany to be, in a sense, was it leading, and uh, innovating, or was it part of a global movement, and yet it was one of the first, perhaps, to sort of create the institute and give it a formal structure? Um, well, as far as I know, I think the roots of um, healthy building or building biology was here in Germany. Uh, I think it was in 1967, 68, 69, that he was working together with some other um, scientists who were doing research on that. And uh, out of this meeting, then um, Professor Schneider started with his institute at the university. And um, one of the one of his students, I think it was in the in the eighties, um, was Helmut Zier, and Helmut Zier was a German architect from Berlin. And um, after he did the courses at Professor Schneider's Institute, he immigrated to the United States and he started the IBE in Florida, the Institute for Building Biology and Ecology. And uh, so the, the IBE was, so to speak, an offspring from the German IBN. That's also an important uh, clarification, because I think you know, for anyone who perhaps listening to this podcast and then, you know, you go and research building biology online, there are very clearly uh, results that come up in, in the USA and in Germany. Those seem to be the two uh, hubs and it sounds like that's been his, for, for historical reasons. That's that's how it's how it's been for quite a while. So let's talk about the institute. And I was particularly interested to see the building of the institute as well in Germany. So could you describe uh, the the headquarters, the building itself, and then also the the types of services that that the institute offers? Because it, it's more than just education. Although obviously we're partly talking about the course today, but the institute offers other things as well. Yeah. Um, when Professor Schneider retired in 1983, he already lived in a, a smaller village um, close here to Rosenheim. And uh, there he had a second building there. And this is, was the, the 
uh, original um, or, or, the, or the first um, building of the private IBN, of the private institute. And um, the institute was run from Neubeuern, this small village. And in 2014, um, Winfred Schneider, who actually is an architect, he built a new building biology building, which is now the headquarter of the IBN, of our institute. And Winfried Schneider is uh, one of the sons of Professor Schneider. And uh, with this new building, um, we uh, realized um, the building biology principles and we used the building biology recommended building materials. And um, um, this is where we also now have a good example how you can build a, an office building in a building biology way. You know? And um, so uh, if anybody who is listening here is in Germany and if you want to see our institute or the building, uh, you can certainly come and, and visit us and have a look and um, ha have a look at, at what, what building biology in reality is, not just on paper, but uh, in, in reality in, in a way. But there are also many other building biology buildings that have been built over the last decades. And, um, but our building here, I think, is also a good example for office buildings. And what we are doing here at the Institute, so the, the main purpose of the Institute is to educate people who are mainly in the building trade about how to build in an environmental friendly way, how to use natural materials, how to build in a way that our modern tools and equipment that we have is not harmful and that we reduce unnecessary toxins or that we also reduce or eliminate electromagnetic radiation or, or electric or magnetic fields um, in order to have um, less um, electro smog, so to speak. And uh, also, if we use new building materials, that we check these new building materials out, whether they might contain any kind of problematic toxins or something like that. So if you ask about the typical work at our institute here, the main thing is um, to uh, give additional information, to give additional knowledge to architects, to craftsmen, to carpenters, to painters, to masoners, and everybody in the building trade. But as building biology is also a connection um, with the aspect of health and a healthy building, um, we also do have students who, for instance, come as uh, doctors, you know, or who are in the health trade, so to speak, because, I th because we think there is a big gap or a big lack of knowledge uh, between those two. And um, if you, for instance, if you study medicine, um, you learn a lot about um, health problems, about illnesses, but uh, the, the students, they are not taught or not taught enough about which kind of illness um, can be caused by the building itself. I mean, many people know the, the term of sick building syndrome, but um, they actually do not know what that is. And this is something where we are also trying to educate the public about this sort of connection. And um, so another thing that we have, but this is unfortunately only in German, we do have now an online magazine. Um, but it's, as I said, it's only in German because after 40 years, um, we quit with the printed version 
because of a decrease of people who bought this magazine and now we have it online and now everybody who um, understands German can has, has access to articles um, about organic building, about building biology. And um, so there is then a next step in the education program that on top of a basic um, building biology course, which also is available in English, we do have an additional education for testing. So this mainly refers to um, older buildings that already exist that you have to find out if you are hired as a building biology testing specialist, what kind of problems are in the house. And uh, this is another um, education program on top of the basic pro program where we teach the people how to test with testing instruments, the electromagnetic fields, the electrostatics, magnetic uh, static fields, um, radioactivity, radon, um, sound, now in since a couple of years also about how to test light fixtures. We have now more and more LED light fixtures in our houses. How do you check those out? Um, another aspect is or a big topic are all the chemicals that we have in our houses. For instance, like formaldehyde, um, for instance, VOCs, volatile organic compounds, how to test those, but also how to test for instance, um, pesticides that have been treated uh, wood as a wood stain, where you have a lot of toxic components that you can still find in existing houses. And uh, another topic is all these problems that are related to too much moisture in the building. When you get fungus growth and mold, and um, there also is a connection with a Increase. This is what 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 we can observe here in Germany that we do have, due to climate change, a change in the climate. We have more humid summers, and when you have more humidity in the air, you get more humidity into the houses, which then um, can uh, increase the growth of mold and fungus. So um, it also is a not just a um, small way of checking out the houses it's also some kind of like a holistic approach you know that we check out what kind of possible risks can you find within the houses but so far unfortunately we do not offer this uh, courses the, this additional um, testing education in english maybe in a couple of years we don't know it depends on um, the amount of students that we get who take the english course and within the course, there's also some basic theoretical knowledge about the testings, how to do that. And um, we do have, um, this is something that everybody who listens here can check this out. We have a standard of testing methods. So if you're interested in that, you can read that. And there you can also um, read about our evaluation guidelines, you know, where we have um, a, a, a guideline how to judge the measurement that we do when we test houses. And if you look on our um, numbers, on our readings that we should suggest what is dangerous and what isn't, then you will find out that this differs a lot from official uh, limits, for instance, that were published by the government. 
because our reference is the human being and the health of the human being. And this is also a, um, I would say, a unique or a different approach. And uh, what else are we doing here? We also, we are looking on furnitures, for instance, and interior design, because with furnitures, you can have the same kind of problem. Um, they are made out of a lot of new material. And uh, so um, they also can cause health problems. And uh, we are also looking at the energy efficiency of buildings. And there we look also in a holistic approach on the complete um, ecological footprint of a building. And this also refers to um, the time when you start building a house, you know, because it makes a big difference whether you use building materials that come out of your region or whether you import building materials from foreign countries that have been shipped over the oceans in containers. So uh, this also has an effect on the ecology and, and on the ecological uh, footprint of the house. This is something where we are looking at, but also when you maintain a house, when you live in the house, how do you and where do you get the energy in order to live within the house? And um, um, what else? Um, yeah, I think it also is, is looking at a house from a holistic point of view that we try to combine these different views, you know. So how healthy is the building? It's the building actually shall be a place where we can relax, where we can recover. And in the house, the most important place for us is the bed the sleeping area, um, if you look at the sleeping time, if you, let's say, sleep eight hours a night, um, we spend one-third of our life by sleeping. And um, this is a very essential time because in the, in, the, in the time when we are sleeping, our body is recovering itself, it repairs itself, it detoxifies itself, and in this time period, our body should not be interrupted or disturbed by, in this case, especially in by electromagnetic fields, you know, because many of the functions of our body um, also work with electricity within our body, you know, and artificial electricity can disturb this. And this is something that um, also many people simply don't know. They are not aware of that. And this is where we also try to inform the public about this very important issue. And um, if you speak to doctors or if you speak to doctors who are um, environmental doctors or naturopaths, you know, they will also confirm that they have many illnesses, new illnesses. Um, and they are also, to a certain degree, they know where they might come from, but many of these doctors do not know what is the cause. And this is something that we also try to teach the public that we have to look on other aspects that here we have to take into account other things um, in these days where more and more people realize that for instance food organic food is better and maybe eating less meat etc and organic food is good drinking enough and good water and uh, but we do not look enough on the aspects of our buildings because the human we as human beings we have changed the way how we lived over the last two, three, four generations, very drastically, you know, 
Um, 100 years ago, we, we spent much more time outdoors, and now we spend about, in our civilized world, about 80 to 90 percent indoors. And from this perspective, we want to build, create, and improve houses in a way that, for us, the human beings, our living environment, our buildings are as natural as possible in order to keep us in a health, in a very good health status. So in a way, you're, you're challenging the assumption that everything that is new is necessarily better or healthier. You're saying actually, in some cases, in many cases, the, the new building materials and the new uh, furniture uh, materials that we're using are not necessarily healthier for the people, for us, or for or planet. And in fact, maybe some of the answers were already in place. We just have to go back and, and look for them. Would that would that be fair to say? I would think so. Yes, I would agree to that. You know, I mean, um, we 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 don't want to say we have to go back to the the Stone Ages or, or, <laughs> yeah. or you know, and, and uh, don't don't use any electricity. I mean, we, I'm. I myself, you know, I'm using computer, I, I use electricity, we use it in the institute, but we use it in a way where we have the um, um, less amount of exposure to um, things that might be harmful. So we simply reduce it. And even me living here or, or working here in a building biology office and also having a building biology home, um, I'm also spend a lot of time outdoors, you know, in the nature, you know, going through the woods, exercise outdoors, you know, and and uh, also use my physical body, you know, as a as an apparatus that has to be used for movement, you know. Uh, but now in these days, we kind of violate against our physical body by sitting for eight hours or more uh, hours a day just in a in a chair and looking straight with almost no movement into a computer screen. You know, this is also very uh, unnatural. Our eyes, for instance, they were also used to look in the distance, close um, in the front of your feet, you know, to the left, to the right, you know. There was a lot of um, different um, movements and we have reduced this in a way that it also can be harmful over the years for our eyes, you know, besides all the, the possible toxic um, influence from poor air quality or electromagnetic fields, etc. You know, we also, we should make um, more use of our physical body, how it was intended by nature. And our body was not intended to spend 80, 90% in buildings where you are exposed to all kinds of new chemicals that never existed um, 100 years ago on this planet and uh, to expose your, your body to electromagnetic radiation of all different kinds of frequencies and intensities, this is something that we are not used to. And um, the problem is that, that, that we don't have senses for that. You know, If I would, um, let's say, um, blow a, a loud... Um, horn or something like that in your office, you would notice right away, you know. But if you are exposed to electromagnetic fields, you don't notice. You just notice maybe over the years that you are tired. That, for instance, when you wake up in the morning, that you are still tired. Also, you have slept for 10 hours, you know. And then maybe you need a cold shower and 
uh, five cups of coffee so that you can start getting into kind of a working mood, you know. And this should actually tell us that we have to check our bed, that we have to check our sleeping room, you know. Is there something that might disturb this? But what happens in most cases, if people are going to the doctors and they're saying that they have a bad sleeping quality or that they may be on the other way around, that they can fall asleep, you know, when they go to bed, you know, and then they get some pills, you know, and uh, but uh, the most of the doctors do not know that there might be a problem in the bedroom, you know. And let's look at that because you mentioned it a couple of times. And I think the idea of having a, a healthy bedroom where, as you say, you spend Yep. a third of your life it's so beyond just having a you know a natural natural uh, fabric mattress and pillows and and uh, bed sheets for example mm -hmm. then you're also thinking about the uh, potential damage of emf that's happening in the room so beyond say like turning off our wi-fi in the home uh, at uh, 10 p.m or whenever we go to bed like what other things can we do to to protect or, or to understand what's happening in terms of EMF in our homes and in particular in the bedroom? Um, well, I mean, uh, the, one of the first steps actually is to get information about this. And um, so that you know what's, uh, what happens if you use electricity, you know. And um, this is actually something that we are teaching in our course, you know. For instance, we also, we do have electricians, you know. And an electrician, if you if you hire an electrician to do some changes at your house wiring system, he will do everything that goes in according with the building codes. And he will make sure that you have, that your light fixtures are working, that you can use your Wi-Fi and that all these kind of things are working. But uh, these electricians, they do not know how to reduce this kind of exposure. Um, there's, for instance, what most people have in their bedrooms. They have electricity and they have their uh, light fixtures beside their bed. And um, they do not know when they turn off the light that there is still the electric current on, on the wireless system, which makes or with always have an electrical field. And this electrical field can connect to everything where electricity can flow. And electricity also can connect, for instance, to water. And our physical body contains about approximately 70% of water. So our physical body can um, connect to this electrical fields. And then we have an artificial flow of, of artificial um, um, electrical fields that actually have nothing um, to do in our physical bodies. They, they, they simply shouldn't be there, this artificial um, electricities, you know. And also what is that, for instance, our physical body is using um, also electricity with a constant variation of the frequency, you know. Um, for instance, right now, if um, a, a um, testing laboratory would test the frequency of your brain right now, they would find a frequency range of some around 15 to 35 up to 40 cycles, you know. And uh, the cycles that you have on your electricity in Germany, it's 50 cycles. In the United States, it's 60 cycles. And if you and if you have a constant 
um, connection to this artificial 60 cycle electricity within your body. This is a constant disturbing to your body to do and to do all the um, electrical flow that is natural, you know. And you have there from your brain, for instance, you have electrical flows to your muscularity. Um, in the daytime when you are moving yourself, um, you also you have a constant connection to all your organs within your body. And if there's always a constant artificial field, this simply makes it very hard and stressful to keep up with the natural um, um, with with the natural organization and and stimulation um, of your complete physical body, and from this point of view, what we are saying, um, how can we change that? So what we do when a testing specialist, for instance, comes to a house, he measures the amount of fields that you have within your bed. You can measure this, and uh, with a testing tool, or with different testing tools. And then you know what's, um, what's the actual situation. And then you judge this actual situation according to our standard of testing methods with, the, with these guidelines, you know. And the next step would be to turn off the circuit of the bedroom. And usually then if you then continue to test and make a ne next testing, you in most cases you would find that the readings have dropped significantly. The next step is if you still have some fields there that you, for instance, turn off the bathroom that is beside your sleeping room or the kitchen. You know, if the bedroom is in the first, in the, in the second floor, you turn off uh, the circuit for the kitchen that is below the bedroom or from the living room, you know, and then you check out which kind of circuits have an influence on the bedroom. And then when you find out, Let's say you have the bedroom, um, the bathroom, and the living room, and for instance, the guest room. Then um, the building biology testing specialist will recommend to build in so-called automated circuit breakers that turn off the electricity if you don't need it in the nighttime. You know, that means when you turn off your light fixture, um, when you lay in your bed, you turn it off, then this automated circuit breaker will um, realize or recognize that you don't need the electricity and it will turn uh, and it will shut off the regular 120, 50 cycle electricity in Germany and I think in the States is 110 voltage, 60 cycle, will turn it off and will only now have a DC voltage of with 12 volts to your light fixture. And this 12 volts DC is not a problem for our physical body and doesn't harm us, you know. And um, when it's um, dark in the night and you, you have to go to the bathroom in the night, you need the light, you just turn on your light fixture and then um, the automated circuit breaker will notice this by this 12 voltage system and will switch to your 110 and 60 cycles and it takes a half of a second and your light goes on. So this is a very simple technical solution where you can eliminate those electrical fields in your bed while you are sleeping. Hmm. And uh, you don't have to um, uh, 
you don't have to worry about any kind of influences from the electricity. You know, this is a very simple way, and this may cost you a couple of hundred bucks um, to get this installed. And uh, this is a very simple solution. Hmm. Okay. And our recommendations, for instance, if you build a new house, you have another. You have another choice. You can use so-called shielded wires, and those shielded wires, they. Um, it's something like an aluminum mesh around the um, the three cables within the wire, and uh, you have to connect this to the ground, and they eliminate a radiation of the electrical fields, so you don't have to turn up the circuits. Um, you simply use those shielded wiring system and the plugs, and you have eliminated those electrical fields, and then you can plug in, this is now also available, um, shielded light fixtures, and you have... Um, eliminated um, the electrical fields within your house. So this is no hocus pocus. This is not something very tricky. This is something very easy. But the problem is most people do not know that they could do this. And most electricians don't know about these possibilities. No? Yeah, that's very and true. this is what we are trying to teach. And in order to do that, you also have to do it in a proper way. You have to test it in a proper way. And this is what we teach in our course. So partly there, you're dealing with the the relationship between, let's say, human beings and technology, in this case, electricity, and doing some research into building biology. I came across this term that, that you use quite a lot called human-based design. Now, that appeals to me immediately when I read it, but perhaps you could just talk to us and describe a little bit that concept and what, what its main characteristics are, because it, it feels so obvious that we should design for ourselves, for, for our well-being, but it's obviously not always the case. Sometimes perhaps we're making mistakes without even really knowing it. So, so how do you interpret that concept of human-based design? Um, well, as, as I think as, as the uh, um, term actually says, human-based, that the focus is on our humans. Um, this also includes that um, we as human beings, um, that, um, we feel better if you, for instance, look on harmonic relations of the dimensions of a room, you know, and that you also look on natural materials. And this is something different um, if you only um, have a design that is only based on um, the most economical point of view, you know, how can you save uh, or how can you get um, the best um, the, the best revenue or the, the back outcome on your investment, so to speak, you know, that you just look on a building from a money point of view, you know, that you try to use and use um, cheap building materials, you know, and um, it also makes a difference, for instance, if you then touch these kind of surfaces, you know, it makes a difference, for instance, if you have a... Um, a wooden desk, you know, where you are working, or whether it's just an artificial um, uh, board or whatever it is, out of plastic and, and an artificial surface, for instance, you know. So it goes by the look, and uh, it also goes, for instance, um, um, for instance, right now, if I look out of my window, you know, um, I have a big window so that I can also see the outdoors, you know. Um, this is something that's important for us that you 
are not in an environment where you where you can't see to the outdoors. You know, this is also something because there you can see if you're lucky, <laughs> if you not uh, live in the in the in the big cities, um, that you can also maybe look and see a tree or something like that. You know, this is that you also include the um, the the needs. Um, also from uh, from what we or what our physical body has been used over the last I don't know many uh, centuries you know and millenniums you know and um, also that you can smell for instance natural materials you know and um, and um, yeah, how can you say that? And also one thing, I don't know whether you either know the expression of the golden cut, you know, this is an expression where architects um, use this in order that you have a certain kind of um, the lengths to the widths to the heights of a room, for instance, you know, that this is in a harmonic relationship hmm. where you simply feel better, you know, and if you have something that has been built according to this um, harmonic dimensions, when people enter rooms like that, and if you ask them, how do you feel in this room here? They will say, oh, well, yeah, it feels good, feels nice, you know. And this is something that people say when they come to our building here, to our institute building, you know. Then they say, oh, wow, this here, it smells good and it feels good. And so um, on the opposite, if you go into a modern building that only has been built with uh, economical rules, um, then you might also feel, well, you know, it doesn't feel really good or the smell, oh, well, no, it smells a little bit strange or it smells chemical or something like that, you know. So um, this is why I would say that this is something to do with a human-based design. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's clear. And, and and then if we if we bring the discussion right up to date to the really the main piece of news over the last uh, couple of years, I guess for us in in Europe and around the world. But how has building biology responded to what we've gone through with the the COVID crisis? Like, what's the reaction been from within the building biology world? And has have you had to adapt or in a sense, did you already have a response, but perhaps now it's even more relevant than it was before? Yeah, right. Yeah, well, um, um, on the one hand, um, it's actually nothing new for us because what we are saying is that we should, um, uh, yeah, ventilate our houses better and um, that we, that in order to have a more, a, a, a better air quality, a natural air quality, and uh, now it's, and this is thanks to COVID, um, to Corona, that people are now ventilating their offices and also their houses much, much better, you know. And one additional aspect is that you also reduce the amount of possible viruses that might be in the air, you know. But in order to carbon dioxide, for instance, or if you have building um, materials or furniture that are built, um, with chipboards where you have formaldehyde as a problem. Um, or if you have artificial building materials that off-gas um, VOCs, you also get a reduction of these kind of toxic air pollutants. And so from this perspective, 
uh, it's a positive effect of the coronavirus, you know, that people are now realizing how important ventilation is. Um, the other thing is that we are saying that building biology is also one aspect um, that improves your health status. And if you live in a building biology built house, you um, can also um, expect that you will have a better immune system um, that is more stable and then also can, that you then also have a natural um, way how your physical body can treat with this virus if you should be exposed to it, you know. And um, so we also, we did get some questions from our Bill Bullish, how shall we deal with the mask, for instance, you know, and this also is a topic where we say that has to be um, looked at and um, some of the aspects are good, but there are still many, many questions and um, to the way how we are dealing with this COVID crisis here. And um, we say eat proper organic food, drink a lot of water, spend much time outdoors, inhale proper air in nature, in the woods, go through the woods, you know, that also cleans a lot of our um, toxic dust and etc. so that you support your physical body and um, also spend a lot of time outdoors in the sun. You know, we do need direct sunlight. You know, we don't need um, more artificial light and um, only wear the mask when it's really necessary. And um, for instance, but this is my personal opinion. Um, if I see people walking outdoors through the woods and wearing a mask, it doesn't make sense to me. It's from my point of view, I think it's actually an increased health risk, you know, hmm. because when we human beings, when we exhale, our physical body tries to get rid of stuff, of particles, also of particles of viruses, of bacteria, of carbon dioxide, you know. And uh, if you're wearing a mask, you are inhaling, at least to a certain percentage, things that our body wants to get rid of. So I would say only wear a mask when it's really necessary and um, also change those masks in a regular basis. You know, if people are having masks in their pockets and they're using the same kind of mask for a week or longer, I mean, this is also not a very good idea because you also might get within the mask some kind of um, fungus growth or whatever, you know. So... Um, yeah, it's it yeah. certainly is an additional topic, and for our institute, yeah, it also meant some disturbances here and and made more workload for us because we had to shift our hands-on seminars and um, giving those seminars online. And many of our speakers of these building biologists that we have as speakers, they were not used to that, you know. So we were kind of thrown in the cold water of having here Zoom conferences and Zoom seminars. And um, for me, I also have to admit that it's much more exhausting if you speak for six hours just always into this green dot of your computer where the camera is, you know, and you don't see the interaction, you know, with the people, you know. If you're in a room where you have a seminar where you can see the people, where you can um, uh, have a... Um, yeah, a good interaction, a good 
a good back and forth, you know, this is something that I'm still preferring, you know. Also, I don't have to drive to the to the location where the seminar happens, you know. So from an ecological point of view, it's maybe better to going online because we are saving um, um, mileage, you know. We don't have mm -hmm. to use our cars. So from this point of view, it's good. But on the other hand, when it also comes to to pass on knowledge and especially to explain building biology knowledge, um, me, for instance, I'm also using my hands, you know, when I'm talking, you know, and this is also part, I think, of communication, you know, not just the words. Um, I think it also there is more to that, you know, between the communication from person to person. And I prefer uh, communication from face to face and not to from Facebook to Facebook, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> but then that that opens the conversation to the course itself. So obviously the course that you manage is is offered in English as an online course. So you've mentioned right. that it, it attracts uh, people perhaps working in the building industry, in construction, right. in architecture, real right. estate, also people maybe in in working right. uh, in the health sector, uh, doctors yeah. or people who could have some interest in the idea of how healthy a space is or, or is not. So in terms of the the structure of the course and the duration, it looks like it's about a year to complete. So quite a quite a serious sort of undertaking, more than just a, a quick certificate that, that we might do in a month. This is this is a year of still part time work. Is that right? Um, yeah, it's it's a um, it's the English version is a hundred percent online version. So that everybody on this planet, no matter where he is in New Zealand, Australia, or the United States, that he can take the course in English. And um, people have to study at home. And we do recommend um, that you, for instance, open one chapter of the course and that you then study uh, offline, you know, and uh, that you also use a, um, a cord connection to your computer and not just using Wi-Fi, you know, when you are learning our course that teaches you not to use Wi-Fi, you know. <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah, certainly <laughs> it's, it would be better, you know, if you have um, uh, the students right in front of you. Yeah. Um, but it also wouldn't be very ecologically that people, students would have to fly to Germany or that we would fly to different countries on this planet, you know, in order to teach us. So um, it's it's a compromise, you know. I mean, we are not that happy. But on the other hand, if more and more people on this planet are using in their individual countries the building biology principles, you know, the better it is for this planet, you know, even if there is a lack of communication or back and forth, you know. And um, But we are still in touch with the students and from time to time, um, also, I do have individual Zoom meetings with the students who take the course. And um, sometimes we get visits, you know, if the course comes to Germany, they visit us here. And um, there is a growing um, yeah, community of biologists all over the planet, um, which is nice. But um, it's still a, a small um, percentage of people in the building trade, you know it. But I think we urgently need more and more people who are working um, in a building biology way, also due to climate change, you know. 
Um, uh, we are also in touch, for instance, here in Germany with the from the Friday for Future movement, with the architects for future, uh, with a lot of young um, architects, you know, who want to do something. And uh, when they started, they also thought, how, how can we um, develop a architecture that is good for the climate? Then we simply could say, well, we have these, these concepts uh, already since 30 or 40 dec uh, years, you know. And um, so you don't have to invent, invent the wheel new and uh, just uh, get the knowledge for building biology. And if you build the building biology principle, it's the best way how to build buildings um, in order to do something for the environment and also for the climate, for the climate change, you know. And uh, but there we, we need much more. I mean, I mean, we need um, building biologists on this planet, like the amount of uh, doctors, you know, or architects that they, they all should know this, have this knowledge, you know. This would help our our planet uh, Earth a lot, you know. I, I like it. I think I think that's a really important message, and yeah, I think the idea of having the course available in English online it gives it the biggest possible audience. So I'm going to be respectful of your time. Thank you so much. It was a really interesting conversation. I think what you're doing is is so important and worthwhile. So I, I wish you all the best of luck in the, in the post-COVID world in continuing your education. And we'll put all the links to the course in the show notes of the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for this opportunity to speak to you and to everybody who is listening. And, um, yeah, thanks for the uh, invitation again. And I wish you and uh, everybody on this planet that we can do it, that we can make this world a better place. So thanks a lot. Bye-bye.